Today's reading is taken from Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Jesus speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Very good morning, everyone. Let's bow our heads for a short prayer. Father, may we not just know the God of peace, but the peace which comes from God even today. Open up the pages of Holy Scripture open up our hearts, and may they be pleasing to you, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, oh, I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Do we need to be worried about worry? Should we be anxious about anxiety? Part of me thinks, uh, yes, certainly the world feels to me, if you digest the stats and look at your news screens, a whole lot more stressed and worried. Those working with the climate emergency, particularly of a certain age demographic, have to have occupational uh, mental health assessments of them made regularly for the fallout rate, particularly amongst young activist is quite significant. They can't cope, quite literally, with what is happening in the world. We might, for a moment, look at roads and feel sorry or say prayers or contribute financially, but for those on it, seeking to work out what's happening in the world today, it is a big deal. I still feel myself, personally, the pandemic has messed with many people's heads, whilst a good proportion have kind of dealt with it, there's a proportion that haven't, and the realignment of their lives probably still needs some work doing to it, I have to say. 
And whilst it's a flippant joke that neither the robots nor the most intelligent brains on the planet know what's happening with artificial intelligence, no one seems to know where it's going, the bulk of the population aren't worried, but some really are. So should we be worried about worry? Yes. At my youngest daughter's graduation during the week, I was talking with a a leader in the military, and we were probably like grumpy dads about younger generations, reflecting on what's happening in the world today. But this is a true stat. Uh, a, a member of uh, my friendship circle, whose daughter is going to work in healthcare, mental health professional services for a leading university in this country, their department has just been set up because this leading university has found that 20% of all undergraduates leave in their first year. So irrespective of caring for them, their budget line and their bank balance goes through the floor if fifth of their members are just going. So they've set up a whole department. They've made jobs for people to keep other people there from quitting early. My friend who was in the military said his fallout rate was around 30%. Should we be worried about worry? Yes, I think we should do. Children, it seems to me, probably grumpy dad again, don't seem to be as resilient as they used to be they give in earlier. The stress patterns seem to emerge earlier. The peril of helicopter parenting sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't. So if we should be more worried about worry, well, here's my answer in a nutshell. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. (laughs) Come along. Not such a helpful sermon to start with. But before I get to what I think is a kind of unlocking of Jesus' sermon on worry, let me give a couple of very serious provisos and caveats. Of course, we're listening to the word of the Lord. This is Jesus' sermon. And the vicar of all saints is doing his best to unlock its teaching for today. But it won't apply, or maybe I should say... I should be more hopeful you will be listening. It might not apply if you're on intensive medication and have been for a number of years. To say, well, that's it, I've got the answer now, I'm going to chuck the pills away, would not be advisable unless you consult with a medical professional. And if you're going through a period of significant stress at the moment, three or more months where you're crying, where you're unable to sleep, and you're not actually functioning as you normally would, I have to say, I don't think this sermon is going to be a game changer for you. Probably what I would say is, do consult, do find a friend, chat with someone who you can trust, and perhaps there's something in what Jesus is saying that you'll be able to engage with when you're feeling a little bit more, and there's no judgmentalism in this, in your right and proper mind. For many people here, would certainly want that to be the case. And personally speaking, we'll do all we can if you are finding yourself in such a situation. What's Jesus talking about? Well, I've got some P's for you to listen to today. The first P is priorities. I mean, his sermon on worry seems to end there, and we should probably start there. Wonderful illustrations, lots of sermons, lots of imperatives. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do the other. And then he said, let me summarize it by saying, why don't you sort it all out? 
Seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of God. He's making a comment, here's the first P, about our priorities. I'm sure you can visualize a container full of rocks, five or six rocks, large rocks, and then you pour sand into the container, and the sand falls around the rocks, and the container is filled with sand and rocks. Do it the other way round, you fill the container with sand, then you put the priorities of life in, or seek first these priorities, as Jesus would indicate, it's virtually non impossible to squeeze the rocks into the sand. The building blocks of life, the bucket of our life, what our life is shaped with, Jesus says, should be ordered first around seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm bound to say this, but I'm also bound to say this because I think Jesus would. Church attendance, prayer, some form of spiritual sustenance from God's word, inhabiting the company of people who can support you in those things must surely be some of the building blocks for what it means to seek God's kingdom. And then the sand, the troubles, the things of life will fit in. If you're overflowing with sand, worry and trouble, it's going to be quite hard to get those things realigned. So the first thing to say is priority. Worry is helped by realigning and sorting out our priorities. Secondly, and this is a tantalizing one it seems to me, but it's play. So notice in Jesus' promise, seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you as well. He's expecting life to have good things. All these lovely things that we worry too much about will be given to us once we've aligned priorities with him. Earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, in fact, the whole Sermon on the Mount starts by being blessed. Jesus is not looking to give us a hard time. He's looking for our lives to be blessed. Play is so, so important. All work and no play makes Jack, sorry about the sexist language, a very dull boy. Life just goes out of you if you're consumed with sand and the building blocks of life aren't there. Psychologists speak about a very important commodity of life which is essential for human beings like food and clothing and water and good friendship. It's flow. That's that sense in which you are conscious of being yourself, you're conscious of being connected with the world around, you're conscious of enjoyment, and one of the litmus tests of what they diagnose as flow is that time just seems to pass. Time flies when you're enjoying yourself. All these enjoyable things will be given to you as well. I've forgotten how many moments of flow you're meant to have in your day, you know, the five-a-day fruit and veg and all that jazz. And clearly, if it's not happening, your life will become unblessed, impoverished. You're going to look a very dull Jack or a very dull Janet. Once, a few moons back, when I was arguing with my children or they were arguing with me that they wanted to go on this ridiculous thing to my mind called Go Ape, In Sherwood Forest, it's where you climb high trees and swing from the stupid thing like monkeys, cost an absolute arm and a leg. 
but I mean all the times pressures come to a head sometimes at the end of a long term or a long period of work and you're about to have holiday period and this was it for me circumstances I had no control over that probably made the whole thing a lot worse and I wasn't sleeping for the first couple of days grumpy with the children not wanting to pay that amount of money for them to have a good time but off we went and all five of them climbed the heights with grumpy dad following and then something happened that finished all my problems I was scared of heights had to be taken down the kids were flying here here and there but whilst angels might flap and fly the vicar had to be carried down and I was very grateful for this kind of macho fellow's words because he wasn't making me feel guilty or anything. He just said, look, don't worry, fellow, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, what happened to me was like a cauterizing electric shock that I was going to die. <laughs> and what I noticed as a subsidiary, other than my bank balance being a lot uh, lower and my kids having a whale of a time at half-term, all my problems are just gone. Because in perspective of dying immediately, when I was looking down and thinking, I've never done this before and I really don't want to do it again. You need those moments where life just seems to lift. And if you're seriously worried, I imagine listening to this is not going to help. But do seek help. Those moments will come. Priorities play, and I'm sure you'll have worked this one out, but prayer But I want to reframe it in a different way. We often think about prayer as talking to God. Prayer is also actually listening to God. And notice some of the things he says we should listen to as we're praying. You need to seek first God's kingdom. As you're coming to God in prayer, you need to hear those words. Quietly, seek first my kingdom. I am in charge and I am God. Verse 34 again, I want all things to be given to you as well. Therefore, verse 25, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And so we're talking to him, but he talks to us. And as we listen to what he's talking to us, so something will happen. It's not just that we are inhabiting God's presence when we talk to God. When we listen to God and what he's saying, we don't just hear his words, we gain his presence. And you say, well, I don't understand how that can be. How on earth can I do these things? This just doesn't seem right. Remember those very famous phrases that Paul writes, often used at the conclusion of a church service, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You're not meant to get your heads around this. You're not meant to solve everything. You're not meant to sort everything out. There's a peace of God which will pass all understanding. The first thing I experienced when I went to church following my conversion to Christ was I actually felt a lot better about myself and the next thing I noticed after inhabiting church regularly albeit there was a kind of some blips along the way actually life seemed to go better 
And the next time I started to commend the start of every working day to somehow to God in prayer, I noticed by and large that those days got better. The other thing I've noticed for particular periods where the graph of your life is on the kind of slightly more stressed than normal, when you're humble enough and big enough to say, I need someone to pray for me, it's not that you're disclosing your problems to the other person or you're disclosing your problems to God. But prayer is not one-way traffic. It's two-way traffic to us. His words to us, seek. Don't do that. Remember, I love you. I want to be blessed by you. His words come to you. And as his words come to you, so he comes to you. The peace of God which passes all understanding. How do we get our heads around this? You're not meant to. What you're meant to do is get your life around it. You're meant to let God's life come into uh, your life. Priorities, play, prayer, and then people. Probably a hard one to mention, but I think I've worked this out in my own life and I've discerned it also in other people's lives with how you handle worry and pressure and stress and of course some amount of stress and worry is good for us if we just drift we will just drift and waste away the foolish man built his house upon the sand the wise person built their house upon the rock it takes time and effort to realign our priorities but it's people probably the most significant peoples in our lives as to how we cope and handle worry are our parents. Please don't consign them. By all means, give thanks to God for them. But somehow we need to work out our own responses, how they've been governed and filtered by our parents. Notice how Jesus starts his sermon, or maybe it's partway through. When you pray, say... When you're unloading your problems to God and you're waiting for his words to come back to you, that his words come back to you and he comes back to you, what does he say? Our Father in heaven. Greatly misinterpreted dear Stephen Cottrell's words last few weeks ago when he was consigned uh, to the sin bin by saying, well, the Archbishop of York now longer believes that God is a father and he can be our mother and we need to gender nuke God completely. All he was saying was parental upbringing affects us and there are some people whose parenting styles have been so misfortunate and ugly and cruel and abusive that we need to be careful how we call them to address God as father. But for most people and in time even those who have suffered cruelty and abuse, will realign themselves to realize that God is good. Look at the sparrows, he cares for them. Look at the plants, how beautiful they are. And our loving Heavenly Father cares for us. Some of us will have had parents that model our Heavenly Father's love. Others won't. And it's important that we find a way to readjust as children of a loving Heavenly Father and to seek His care above all things. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why those anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I think it must be 
they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. We have a heavenly father. He cares. He loves. He's always going to nudge us to get our priorities in line with his. Seek first God's kingdom. I want you to be blessed. I want you to forget this time on earth and all those worries and struggles and be and enjoy yourself in some sense in that flow and moment you've almost got a picture of what eternity is going to be like with me as your loving heavenly father and when you do struggle when it is stressy and let me tell you the world is not good look, look what I had to endure for you not my will but yours be done Jesus says, I know what it's going to be like. Turn to me and pray. And I'll answer you not just with words, but with my very presence. And for those that care for us and lead us in the past, somehow we need to realign and make sure the kingdom values are there for us as well. Uh, Let me be still and we'll seek God's blessing as I lead you in a prayer. Father, even for the worries of the day, we cast them upon your loving throne now and pray as we cast our cares upon you, we might know your care for us. And for the plans we have for this week and this summer and the rest of this year, we pray for grace to seek your kingdom. We pray for times of rest and relaxation. And most of all, we pray for us as a company of your people that we might be blessed and be a light on a hill to a worried and dark world. Receive our prayers and thoughts now and bless them according to the mercies and greatness of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.